You're listening to Were You Still Talking? Okay, welcome to the podcast. Today my guest is Trina Lindsay, who I've known for um, about a million years. A million. A million. She's been a nurse for over 20 years. She's currently working at Emerald Valley Assisted Living, where she's been for four years. And we're going to talk about all kinds of different subjects. Hopefully, um, we'll get into can we build systems that tend towards the better nature of our species. But uh, (laughs) until we get there... You were saying you've never listened to a podcast? I Well, I have listened just recently, but not to yours, I have to confess. No, that's the important thing. That's good. Yes. No, I didn't want to have any preconceived um, idea of how I should be here with you. So I just wanted to kind of be free and easy and Mm ad-lib and um, just not have... Too many expectations. Uh, that's perfect. I yeah. like it better when I um, people have no idea what they're in for. Yeah, it, that, well, that's the best. They can just react naturally that way. Yeah, yeah. So you started. Uh, you were starting to tell me something. Now I can't remember what it was. Um, mm-hmm. You don't like headphones. We've established that the headphones threw me for a little bit of a loop. It might be something to aspire to, but not quite yet. Definitely nothing to aspire to. Remember that, kitties. Headphones are <laughs> unnecessary on an effing podcast. Yeah. Okay. I'm a person who doesn't even like um, fins and snorkels on my face or hats. Maybe it's a kind of a head thing. Oh, that makes sense. I can't stand wearing hats. And it, with my particular hairstyle now, I've had to wear hats a little bit because it's getting way too long. But uh, And uh, the only reason I like fins and snorkels is because then I can go in the water and look at fish through the snorkels. But, That's right. Uh, yeah, they're really uncomfortable, but I forget about them pretty quickly when I'm in warm salt water looking at colorful fish. Yeah, I should stick with it, but uh, it just usually ends up getting discarded. Yeah, it can, ha- it can happen. They're not comfortable. Not comfortable no, at all. It's kind of in the way. So. Yeah. And that's why I don't understand people that swim in cold water, because then you have to wear a wetsuit. That, there's that, too. Yeah. yeah I never eat. I think you swim in warm water. But I guess even if you dive in warm water, you have to wear a wetsuit because it gets cold deeper. When you go deep that's, enough for the big fish. Yeah, which I, I also don't do that. I like to stay close to the surface. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to dive. That's something I, I hope to do one day. Once these, uh, once people start sponsoring me because I have over twenty listeners, then you know I can do it. I can go anywhere. Yeah, well, it's doable. My mom picked it up at age seventy um, and got certified and uh, oh, awesome. made us all proud. So, oh, is that your telephone? That is. I can make it be quiet. You know that is. That's that's my work. That's good. Oh, I'm going to shut this off too. That's a good reminder. Shut yeah. off my phone. I only had it in here to take a a picture of our podcast. Yeah. Um, I think I will you, behave now. You um, you sent me quite a list of subjects, which is totally awesome. Uh, it, well, it's I really did. helpful. Um, a bunch of things just popped into my head about things that I felt like I could talk at length about or that are interesting to me. Mm -hmm. And um, I kind of said in my email to you, I have no idea if they're interesting to anybody else, but I find that it's pretty um, fascinating just to listen to people talk about most things. Um, So uh, I thought... Well, they all seemed interesting to me. And if they're interesting to me, I'm sure they're interesting to everybody. 
Well, that's because, promising. Because <laughs> it's my podcast, so mm-hmm. I, they better be. So let's go. see. Let's start right off in the middle. Um, brain <laughs> HQ, brain training. What is that? Well, first of all, can I just preface this just sure. a little bit? That um, a little. Uh, okay. I um, thought I could do a little bit on a lot of different things or a lot on several things over time. So I thought maybe it could be just kind of introductory right now um, about each of these things and um, could definitely go into each one more at length. So it sounds like um, for this first time here with you, maybe just a little blurb about each one of these topics. How about? Um, sure. Okay. But I might stop you when one sounds interesting. Okay. Could, yeah. Whatever. We want to... Yeah, go ahead. So, okay, well, Brain HQ is um, came from a uh, doctor, a neuro um, psychologist or neuroscientist, um, Dr. Merksevich, I think is his last name. I don't have any of my props with me. Usually when I talk at length about anything, I have to have the, oh, say the book or something that reminds me of what the doctor oh, sure. actually is. Sure. Um, but he um, spent his career um, on the uh, idea that we have plastic brains that can actually um, create and maintain the neurons and connections that help us think um, rather than for a long time the thinking was it was all just hardwired and mm-hmm. the book that he wrote is actually called Softwired. So um, he developed a whole program for, at first it was for special um, situations like people who had had brain trauma or um, autism or various types of, you know, um, things that are wrong with their brain. But it was so successful and um, he just felt like he wanted to get that out to the larger population. That It's good for anybody who wants to keep the brain in good shape. So um, he developed a program that is real, you know, user-friendly and it's online. It's um, subscription. I started doing it about three months ago. Oh, cool. And um, it's really fun, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and you it's about 20 minutes a day, and um, I think of it, I try to think of it as my physical exercise, you know, in that same group of things I commit to um, doing routinely. And um, it shows all kinds of measures of your progress, um, So, uh, and it's got a bunch of different areas where it works on, and, um, and it's scientifically... Um, uh, reliable, you know, they tested results. So, mm-hmm. um, and it's something just to continue to do for, you know, as a person ages. And well, it sounds really interesting. There seems to be a lot of re, um, groundbreaking research in the area of neurology and, and brains lately that are showing us that, you know, maybe they work differently than we thought. And a lot of people are are coming back from brain injuries that, you know, not very long ago they didn't think that was was possible exactly and yeah more and more people are so that that makes a lot of sense yeah it's really in the book there was a lot of um anecdotal stories about various um people he'd worked with and um just some of it was really miraculous almost but mm-hmm. um most of us don't need miracles yet so the idea is to 
stave it off, you know, when if you start working, just like exercise earlier in life helps prevent a lot of things. So does exercising your brain earlier. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that before. And the, it's interesting because they're starting to find that all of these devices that we are so um, drawn to and that are being uh, uh, put down quite a bit for their addictiveness and different things, in actuality, they also work your brain in a very unique way. So they could be doing good things for the brain. It's just, you know, maybe starting at three is not a good idea. That's right. Yeah, they, I think that there are some pluses. One um, thing he points out is how important it is to unplug and um, be as natural as possible, you know, like a natural human animal for all those years that we evolved and our brain evolved to function was without any of this stuff and um, how important it is to say when you go for a walk not to be listening to a podcast but to be listening to the wind hey wait a minute (laughs) hold on back off no Uh, i i I totally agree with that because i don't understand how these youngsters um actually i see people every age i don't don't want to pick on anybody right but i see a lot of people uh running riding their bike I've even seen driving with earbuds in, yep. and uh, it freaks me out. Not only because, well, that person's deaf now, so they can't hear me deaf coming in my quiet little Prius. Mm-hmm. And um, when I'm doing those activities, especially going for a walk in nature, even riding my bike, though, I really like to be able to just hear what's going on. You know, hear the the birds singing, hear other other bicycles coming up behind me. All that kind of stuff. So um, I definitely agree that when you're um, when you're trying to commune with nature, having stuff in your ears just it doesn't make sense to me. But yeah. a lot of people like seem to not be able to live without it. Especially music, they have to jog to music, they have to right. work out to music. And I've always had the yeah, I've always had the idea that if you're doing physical activity, your mind's not really there with music on, which is. You know, it's just my opinion, though, because some of the top athletes in the world play music all the time when they're working out. So. That it's very true. But if they want to protect that, that might be good for their bodies. But if it's for their brain, his theory is really that it needs to be um, taking as much of that into uh, process as we did in natural state. So mm-hmm. that yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. And that, I mean, that kind of. Um, it's probably really, uh, bow hunters probably get really good brain activity. Probably. When, when you're doing something like that, you're out in nature and you're concentrating and, you know. It's very natural. It's to very natural. evolution. Too. Right. So. You're doing a human activity that we've been doing for tens of thousands of years. Yeah. And every year we find out it's even longer, but yeah. Yep. Yeah, and he stressed too walking on um, different surfaces, and even if you can get your shoes off. Um, we didn't wear shoes till relatively recently, as a development of a of a human animal. Mm-hmm. So all all of that actually connects to how our brain is um, processing information, and the the more we're kind of bubbled off from our environment, um, the less our brain is having to work at it. It's it, and I've heard completely different theories for walking around on grass or something with uh with no shoes on that there's 
you actually, I can't remember what it is. You get like the, a magnetic resonance well, from the that's, earth. that's what I had heard with, first, uh, and I thought it was kind of woo-woo. It, yeah, but that's it, pretty woo-woo. It, yeah. But it's interesting to see that he connects it uh, as a scientist, yes. so, which happens a lot. For brain that, function. Yeah. yeah. So I I bought it when I read it from him. Let's put mm-hmm. it that way. <laughs> okay. Well, I know it does feel good to walk around uh, barefoot. It feels good, you know, too. Unless yeah. you step on the stupid little spike, spiky balls that mm-hmm. fall from our tree. But, oh, yeah. Those yeah. are out there. Those are annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you want to go back and uh, start somewhere else in the middle? Well, um, let's see. Oh. Yeah. Um, I know that we have a lot in common um, for several reasons. Um, we uh, have a particular person who is a friend of mine and a relative of yours, your sister Elizabeth, and that comes from our history of living together in the neighborhood of College Hill, um, very close across the street, as a matter of fact. So one of the topics I had on there that I'm interested in because I still live on College Hill is College Hill History. Um, oh, that's right. You still live there. I College do. Hill. Well, I lived there History. again. Oh, hit, like the you mean like the parties that you guys would have well, when uh, I was, all the grass got smashed down and that was and, some uh, um, special history for a relatively I still think a relatively recent era. <laughs> <What's> um, <laughs> it wasn't very recent. Oh, I see well, what you mean. But overall, yes, yeah. I was imagining more about the origin of it being um, College Hill. I just um, coincidentally, or maybe not coincidentally, but, um, you know, the Friendly Area Neighborhood newsletter that comes out. Mm -hmm. I think this is Friendly Area Neighborhood here. It seems to be a really big area from what I keep seeing. I don't know if it's growing, but if it's... I don't know if it's growing or they just decide, let's include all these people over here. And, you know, the weird thing about College Hill is that I never? Did you ever call it that when we were kids? I don't remember when I. To me, it's just always been College Hill, so I don't remember actually. Because I didn't know it was College Hill till I came back from L.A. Really, and people were like calling it College Hill, and this was the South Side and different things. That's like that. a really interesting I, question. I yeah, I don't know. Okay. Um. Well, Lincoln Street. I guess it was. Well, pretty yeah. Much we just call it, right. We just local. called it Lincoln. Yeah. Um. But uh, I, it was interesting. I didn't remember people calling it College Hill. It could be my memory, but I, I really don't remember. Somebody said College Hill, you know, within the last 15 years or however long I've been back in Eugene. And I'm like, what? Yeah. You're what? Oh, where I live? Oh. Yeah, it's okay. a real thing. <laughs> well, and I do know um, that it did actually have a college up there um, at some point. I want to say maybe in the 1800s. That I think it burned. Um, oh, okay. But what I well, saw, that makes a lot more sense. Well, sure. I mean, there's a real reason why it's called College Hill. Uh-huh. So, um, and then just though in the friendly newsletter, I saw, um, you know, they're talking about doing a mural on that part of the um, sidewalk that's across from where Civic was that oh. kind of uh, shores up some uh, embankment. And it's just this blank kind of wall that's been ugly and unattractive for years. So somebody got the idea, let's paint a nice mural on there. 
So they raise funds, and it's going to happen. It's in the newsletter. Oh, cool. And it's going to be a picture of, uh, there used to be a hospital up there, and that I did not know. Wow. But it was very interesting to read that because when I worked at um, Cascade Manor, people would refer to College Hill as Pill Hill. And I thought it was because maybe a lot of doctors lived up there because at the top um, of the hill, there are some very nice homes. But um, now I'm thinking maybe it's because of the history of having had a hospital. Oh, because of, interesting. Yes, I found that huh. interesting. But I, know, I yeah, because I would think it would should be called uh, Reservoir Hill or something. That's right, <laughs> that's big what it big is water now. tower hill. Yeah, and, water big <laughs> water tower here, uh-huh. Reservoir Hill. Yep. Hmm. That's so crazy. That, so I don't know a lot about it. Um, oh, that's right. I was going to try to get my caveat in there too that I'm not an expert on anything. And I don't claim to be an official either. So these are just things I'm kind of interested in and would like to know more about and just to kind of chat about. Well, that's okay. That's where we all are. Well, that's... You know, that, whether we want to think this or not, that's where we all are. I don't are. know. Some people I've been are listening. a little more official some people, than others. Yeah, some people, have more, some people are a little more official than others. But if you think of um, what people will, will look at 50 years from now, the, we'll all be a bunch of dunces. They'll be like, what? <laughs> what we didn't know we could live forever ai is going to do that it's moving pretty quickly toward that moving really fast so all of us always have a lot to learn but yeah you you know more than i do about nursing i imagine well probably a lot of other things yeah i know call it back to college hill there was a um, drive-in movie theater where um mark of choice is now and the willard school um, that all used to be a drive-in movie theater. Oh my goodness! You know a lot of stuff. So, did uh, how did you find out all this history? Is there a, I, a College Hill um, website or something? Or no, I really just, think it's probably just having lived there for a huge, you know, chunk of my life. Just having my consciousness raised to it. So, anytime I see something written about it or hear about it on the radio, it just kind of sort of sticks a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I. I can't say I actually know something for sure. I have this vague feeling that might be the case. Right. So that's right. how a lot of my knowledge about College Hill is. I think I heard this. I know there used to be orchards up there too. Well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. There was probably orchards a lot of places. And right next to your house, there was a really old house that was moved. Wasn't that moved from outside? Well, the, no, well, the, the big Queen Anne yeah, the historical Queen Anne, yeah. register house, that was original to, well, maybe you know more than I do about it, but I always understood that it was built there, one of the earliest homes. Oh, okay. For um, some reason, I thought it was moved at, at one point, Like a, but I am, I'm sure I can have that wrong. Well, it, maybe that because it's been a, a rumor. Well, it's like the oldest house. There's another really old one farther down Lincoln Street past Cornucopia mm-hmm. that might be one of the oldest homes in Eugene. But then I think that we always, what do we call it, the gingerbread house or the, had all that um, really ornate. Uh, I think we did call it the gingerbread house. Yeah. yeah. I always had this fantasy about moving back into the house where I grew up. And then oh. I realized, well, that would be really expensive. And someone lives mm-hmm. there. And, what would I do with all those rooms? Well, okay. I don't know. Besides clean them. 
could rent some out. It had those I guess. Three, three levels. Well, so. you did, yeah, I think the people that ended up living there um, for a long time that Elizabeth kind of knew, I actually helped them chop down the cherry tree, oh. which means I'm really honest, right? It, I helped course. them chop down that because it rotted and it was falling down. Oh. And I don't even remember how we connected. But they were renting out the basement where I learned to play drums it for does. a long time. That was such a nice feature of that house. It we're, it's anyone listening to this podcast has no idea what we're talking about now. Yeah. So, well, that's that's okay. It is. That's fine. Some people okay. might. Elizabeth does. <laughs> <laughs> She'll know exactly. <laughs> and if everyone else who I used to know would just listen to the podcast, then go. everyone would know what we're Last talking from about. from the past references. Exactly. Yeah. That's what it is. Uh-huh. Uh, favorite places. Let's go to that first. Okay. There's another subject on here that's a little, might be a little heavier. Um, sure. Hawaii, it, Palm Springs. Heavy. Like, um, you didn't you just go to Palm Springs? I did just go to Palm Springs. Um, it was my eighth trip down since mm-hmm. 2013. Oh wow! I read an article in um, Vanity Fair about um, places to travel. And this was an older article. This was like a reprint of an older Vanity Fair article about Palm Springs. And I had, you know, everybody's heard of Palm Springs, but to me before that, it was just kind of a, some old golf place down in California. But the article really focused on how it was having a kind of a revival in the late 90s. And um, younger people were coming over from LA and buying this really nice mid-century modern um, architectural style homes for dirt cheap. And by the time this article was reprinted, it was already kind of too late to hit that window. It was too late. Yeah. By the time I heard about the mid-century modern movement there and how people, I knew, I think Heidi knows some people that have a home there. And um, it seems like I've known some people that, that talked about their house there. And yeah, it's not really affordable anymore. No, I mean, it's in, it went from it like went you know buying a hundred and fifty thousand dollar ranch style to they're now a million dollars. Right, because they're now L.A. prices. They are. At least. Yep. Yeah, it just, and they, and they're all been fixed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, it just sort of um, sparked something for me. I wanted to check it out. My mom had a timeshare down there um, that I was able to use to stay in, and um, just fell in love with the everything about it. The um, desert um, climate was wonderful. You know, it's sun, it's all the cliche things that mm-hmm. why people gravitate there and why it even came into existence to start with is, you know, warmth and dry heat and wonderful places to hike and um, wildlife and um, all the different outdoor sports you can think of, you know, swimming and tennis and golf and um and uh it had that kind of reputation for being i think they called it even um heaven's waiting room because oh. all the all the old <laughs> uh I've never former, heard that one. all the former well there are a lot of old people there for sure but yes, there's there also now a lot of young people and what's more is the old people who are there don't act old they act young they mm-hmm. they still do it all and um so uh, it's been quite a pleasure to visit there, um, you know, pretty regularly for those years. And I've been down with my sons and then twice I've gone with 
the girls. Oh, that's um, right. Who, uh, again, is, uh, include your sister and my sister and um, our, a friend of ours from high school, another one, Angela. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of the foursome who can have quite a bit of fun when we're together. So I always missed Palm Springs because we would just head north and go to uh, Joshua Tree. Oh, so, yeah. So, I mean, I've only been, I think I've been once to Palm Springs, maybe twice. Um, but it sounds like a, a really cool place to visit. And Joshua Tree, I fell in love with the first time I yeah. went there. Oh, yeah. We yeah. Um, drove through there one one of the times. And um, we were going, going to try to get through there again this trip, but it just didn't work out time-wise. But I wanted to go through there for sure because um, it was closed for a while when the government was shut down. Oh, that's right. And I read this horrible story about vandalism that happened, just moved in as soon as there wasn't any monitoring there and was just completely disgusted by that. And people cut actually cut down some of these Joshua trees. Yeah, that kind of stuff is really bizarre. I guess they left a lot of garbage behind, which shows you how much work it takes to keep a national park as pristine as they they are right and cutting down joshua trees makes no sense at all there's joshua trees all over the place that you can cut down right outside the park you can go to a national forest and cut down joshua trees all day long so it was purely an act of some kind of bizarre vandalism against a national park yeah oh this is our land let's vandalize it i think merely because there's nobody here to stop us and um, which which is another thing i found really curious because in reality there's only the uh notion that there's nobody here to stop us i mean if you've ever gone to most national parks there's not that many people there you know rangers are sparse really stretched thin so it's pretty amazing just that the um, that the idea that there's rangers is enough to keep people in check, and that the idea that the rangers aren't there it creates some kind of strange mayhem. It's it's really it, it is. It's it's like um, when you know the lights go out in New York or something, and all of a sudden there's just chaos because they know nobody's there to keep control when. Probably. Yeah, those. The, I, I wonder if it would still be that way because I know they had blackouts. I think it was the seventies and eighties, and exactly it would turn into mayhem. Um, I experienced several different disasters in California. I experienced a riot. I experienced uh, earthquake, fires, and um, didn't happen that way. Like the people in the riot obviously were rioting, mm-hmm. but everyone else was. Um, banding together to help each other. Oh, good! Very quickly. Same with the earthquake. I mean, there's when you watch Earthquake, which yeah. is a really bad '70s movie. Yeah. There's all of this, good. like everyone's going crazy because there was an earthquake and there's no police to stop them. But the reality of it was the opposite. Everyone really came out and tried to help each other. You know, immediately and for several days, and it was absolutely astounding how fast these a city that big got things back up and running. Oh, good. Well, that's that's what we all hope actually does happen and probably usually is the response. And um, and we do hear, you know, the good news too, but um, so often it's the really crazy bad stuff that really gets uh, the most headlined. And That's definitely what gets the headline because that sells headlines, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. That's why we don't do news on this show. There's enough of that. That's right. There's enough of that going on. And I could, you know, as I said on my last podcast, I could go 
I could just be by myself and do, you know, rail against the news and rant all day long. That's yeah. that's easy. Come some, on. Some podcast shows are like that too. I hear most yeah. Your lots kids of have pod, shown me lots of little clips of the shows that that I was attracted to that that uh, encouraged me to do a podcast were trying not to be that way. So even though they did talk about news somewhat, they tried to steer away from hysteria and um, you know facts that that are really guesses. Which is, I guess, we're doing a lot of that, but <laughs> not in this. Not wrong with guessing. Not, not, not wrong with guessing. We're just telling stories. Just telling yeah. stories. Well, that's um, fine with me. So, something on your list here. You've um, you've been a nurse for a long time. You have mm-hmm. parents, relatives with Alzheimer's, and losing parents. Yes, yeah, we, that definitely yeah. is heavier than Palm Springs. It is. Yeah. It is, and it's mm-hmm. strangely related to Palm Springs. Well, that's, that was yeah. That's uh, it is uh, true, um, and it is uh, something we share. I know. Um, yes. Having had uh, b- both our moms go through that, um, separated by maybe ten years or so, not sure how far ahead your mom was. Um, I was recently reminded, and of course I've forgotten already, but that sounds ab- about yeah. right, about ten years, yeah. and then you know and our moms were the same age, exact same age too. Oh, um, I didn't realize that. I guess yeah, I never they were. made that connection. They were because you're my sister's friend. That's so. right, and you're <laughs> the same age, so. Uh, That's oh how crazy! I didn't realize they were exactly the same age. Yeah, so your mom got ten more years. Well, she did. Our mom actually had early Alzheimer's. She did. But that's and a little bit different. It is, and um, you know, everybody is so um, afraid of that condition. I mean, it's so pertinent to people our age because we've seen a lot of us have seen our parents go through it at this point. But it's also just the tsunami. We're in the tsunami of um, right. aging. We're at the and tail end of baby boomers. I yeah. Know. But I mean, we see our moms go through it. We see our friends' moms go through it. Mm-hmm. You know, we see people that we uh, work acquaintances. Mm-hmm. Their parents are going through it. There's just so much of it. Uh, yeah. Glenn Campbell went through it. I don't know how he performed, but mm-hmm. that, that really was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's yeah, famous people mm-hmm. completely. Regular people like us, um, political people, you can hardly um, not see somebody commenting on their parent or some loved one having gone through it. Um, I, of course, working, um, my first job was in a a kind of unit that was um, small, and it was pretty much a, a dementia unit. So I got right away in nursing introduced to what that was like, what people are like. And oddly enough, it kind of relaxed me a little bit about it because I realized these people still are getting through life, experiencing a day, and most days aren't too bad. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, they still had things that were funny and fun and family visits and so I am less afraid of it now, and then, and I think I'm kind of resigned to the idea that it's probably going to happen to me. Oh, that's um, interesting because my sister seems to think the same thing, and I, um, I don't know. You're not? No, I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, it like, might, it might, but I'm not definitely not resigned to the fact that it yeah. will because 
I'm going to do the uh, brain HQ brain training. There, there you go. So yeah, I'll no, be fine. No then, sense um, not trying to avoid it right, along the way. Yeah, and plus I may die long before it is very well advanced. So at least that's how I felt recently. <laughs> oh, um, uh, I was going to. So did it help to? Was it helpful working in an Alzheimer's unit when your mom got Alzheimer's? Like, did that make a difference or? Or not so much. I think both helped and maybe hindered because I always thought, oh, if this happens to my parents, it'll be a snap to deal with it. And I'm a pro at this and I'll know just what to do. But I was not prepared for how uh, much that didn't matter when it actually happened to my mom. And um, I just had all the emotions and all the frustrations and all the anger that any other uh, you know, child goes through when that happens to their um, parents. And um, so then that maybe even added a little bit of a layer to me feeling like, oh, I should have this. It shouldn't bother me that it is. So, um, but on the other hand, in many ways, I'm sure I, you know, I knew what to expect. I knew what was kind of in the normal um, range for uh, behaviors Um um, I wasn't shocked when she got confused about who I was sometimes. So I know that's really upsetting to some people. Right. So um, yeah. negotiating through the doctors, that kind of thing, the med- medications she was on, all that was familiar and made sense. And um, I I see a lot of families be really in denial and really just struggle and fight against it for a long time. I think I was more accepting of okay this is happening and um that's yeah that it seems like that would be helpful it's it um it's really tough to to uh to not have the same emotions as anyone else is going to have it's the same Mm -hmm. with with when people pass um heidi's mom recently passed away and she was i didn't know oh you didn't know that i didn't know oh i'm sorry she was 99 and a half i knew she was you think okay she's 99 and a half you know it's not gonna it's not that traumatic we know this is gonna happen but it just doesn't change that much and you know i have all these theories about death and the possibility of life after death and what happens when you die and Mm -hmm. for me anyway that all goes right out the window when you're actually seeing someone who's, okay, this is going to happen today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't want to hang around for it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, it's much more dramatic. What, have you had much experience with that? And Oh, yes, is the short answer. Mm-hmm. Um, in a setting where I worked, uh, the turnover is pretty, you know, you realize after a couple years, there aren't very many of the same people who still live there who did a couple years ago. So I've seen many, many, many people at that um, final stage, and it's never bothered me one little bit. Um, it, uh, I realized that it is um, how much it reminded me of um, sort of the birth, the other end of life, that mm-hmm. those two happenings are bookended, bookends for all of us, and they're just as sacred and special and natural and mm-hmm. um and um, 
an honor to be present for you know either yeah. one. See, that's that's great. That's what the hospice people were saying, and that's what uh-huh. I believe. You know, it's just that I have some. I think maybe it was because um, I was so young when my brother died, so I had an immediate aversion yeah. to that. I, I think that was yeah. kind of dug into me. Yeah. So it's very hard. Well, but I'm really glad there's people like you who you know, are okay with it and understand that that is, because it is part of life. You mm-hmm. don't get one without the other. It's, it's That's right. At least not so far. And for my own mom's passing, um, which I always envisioned being something drawn out and would see it coming and be prepared for it and mm-hmm. would maybe be even 10 years later than it was, uh, it was completely the opposite. It happened unforeseen. She'd been up at breakfast the, that morning and no warning sign at all and literally just went to take her regular morning nap and did not wake up and um so what i was mostly struck by was that that i was just that's completely suddenness. shocked yes yeah and see and, from in a way for me that's that's easier i mean because that's happened to my dad we got a call exactly. in the middle of the night it's all done. It's it's over. Um, and it was really hard with my mom. I mean, we knew for a, a long time. And even the even when she got close to the end, it was, you know, it was obvious for a couple of weeks at least. And mm-hmm. so that was, that's very difficult. I, it, I, it, I agree. I mean, I hate to compare this to animals, but it's the same with animals. I mean, I've had so, I've had so few animals that it, when I was younger, my animals would disappear mm-hmm. or they would somehow die very quickly. Mm-hmm. And then more recently, I've had animals that did not do that, uh-huh. that I took care of. They were obviously going to die for a year or more. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's much, much more difficult that way. I, at least I for me. agree. I agree um, for a number of reasons. It, um, it uh, just involves waiting for something that you know is going to happen and seeing so a lot, fair amount of suffering. Some sometimes, mm-hmm. um, hospice definitely helps uh, relieve that. Uh, yeah, the hospice people are really great, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's no, um, there's really can't, not enough praise you can give those people, and and people like yourself who take care of, uh, well, anyone really, but oh. elderly as well. That that's got the hospice. They're all the fact that they're volunteers and they really do a lot. Um, for Heidi, they didn't have to do as much because it did happen pretty quickly. But mm-hmm. and just even being there the last, like I think the last month she was on hospice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, as soon as she got on hospice, she started doing better. Uh, and that is, is happens. We deal with hospice all the time, and they will point that out. Some people, because of the extra care and um, support that comes in, they, they kind of rally a little bit mm-hmm. uh, so that maybe is what happened well i was i'm still thinking of drugs May, or that <laughs> yes some special drugs come their way the, the comfort pack because <laughs> well they changed they changed things around so she would yeah. feel yeah feel more comfortable and uh-huh. I, that i think definitely helped and so yeah. it was interesting well, but yeah the extra attention is huge and and not having to go you know if something comes up medically that she's not going to have to go anywhere I think that was huge. Yeah, just changing that. I always think of it as um, before hospice, there you're kind of on one path where if anything goes wrong, you everything happens to try to fix it. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's on that same path. We're going to 
fix this. The doctors are going to fix it. The hospital is there. Um, but once that goal is changed to be about comfort, then um, it's just about kind of letting nature take its course and trying to address the downsides of passing for not just for the person involved, but for all the family and the care team if they live in a facility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hospice is... Um, well, oh, yeah, it helped them too. The, this particular facility, which I won't mention on air because I'm... Oh. They... Uh, they decided to start changing personnel every week and become a, a training problem. hospital. And so the only people that f- were familiar, even to us, were the hospice people and a couple of nurses. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, that was very problematic, especially for her. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was having a hard enough time. And then new faces every day, new faces mm-hmm. who uh, I have to say were not trained in the least. And well, it, it was it was pretty scary. Um, but I can yeah. you know I can see how much help it would be. Uh, for people who are st- are working for a long time in a facility, for ho- when hospice uh, starts he- starts helping and it is over. a huge. I always picture like hospice is coming, and just picture like this team of uh, they're just going to make the whole situation better, which they do. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, and, and it has gotten very scary. I don't know if they're intentionally doing training. Yep. Um, or it well, even if. It, and a lot of unintentional training is going on too because okay. in healthcare, well, the unemployment rate is the lowest it's been in 50 years or whatever. Oh, right. And I realized that um, more recently that, okay, they probably are having trouble getting people now. It is. But we, they we sold are. and became decided, oh, this facility is going to, the new company decided, we're going to make this our training facility. Wow. I've never oh. heard of any of them doing that. That's kind of a new thing. Yeah. Um, it was, it, that's what some of the other personnel there told us anyway. So, yeah. Well, that was hopefully you have opportunity for some feedback, maybe. Well, perspective. yeah. Um, we'll see. Yeah. Um, what else was I going to ask you about? Let's see. Um, there was something else you had on here. Oh, science of mind. Oh, yes. Well, that... Which um, kind of role, you know, is part of our, this discussion. Yes, I would call that more my spiritual health uh, program. Um, I, you know, long winding path with um, religion and spirituality and Grew up in a non-religious home with atheist parents, but always kind of felt like I think there's something going on out there. And I, really young age, started to be drawn to churches and just the kind of, I don't know, I loved a Bible, just the feel of the paper. And wasn't anything about really what I believed. It was more about the activity. That's so interesting because I the Bible is a really cool little um Texturally, it's oh, it's a cool it's big a little huge book. On the edge yeah, and, it's got yeah. like thin, thin little pages yeah. that don't tear easily. And, yeah, leather you know, cover. Kind of a, and yeah, gold. all this cool stuff. So, but, uh, but yeah, what was in it didn't appeal to me. No, but I just kind of you know I went to church with some friends, and I have a cousin who was um, my sister's mom's daughter, and they were real strong Christians. So I kind of had a little window into all of it, and didn't give it much do. Um, But then um, when I got my degree in sociology at university, I took some just history of religion and kind of looked at religion from an academic standpoint. And 
learned that it is it's human you know all human populations have some form of religious behavior um and uh believe in something so i really believe it's fundamentally human um component of us Mm -hmm. um so and when i went to nursing school we studied this model of um human makeup and spirituality is one slice of the pie there so i just kind of acknowledged that at some point kind of you know over the years and felt like i want to give that its due so i tried this and that um and actually um went to the episcopal church starting probably seven eight years ago and got baptized oh wow yeah um and um was glad I did that, but um, again, not super committed to the solid Christian, you know, lore. I guess you'd say mm-hmm. um, very much of an open mind. And but in um, doing some looking around online at various churches, I ran across a link to um, the Center for Spiritual Living, which is uh, a and not right to call it a church, but it's um, the place where science of mind is the, um, I guess, more like the philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, they have a magazine that's published monthly and um, sort of a growing um, a worldwide um, following. And there's not a particular dogma to it. It's very much about just um, bringing together all of the helpful, I guess you'd say, parts of all the world religions and with the idea that um, heaven is basically in our minds and we experience it to the extent that we're aware of it. Mm -hmm. It's not like some place in the cloud in the sky after you die. It's um, accessible and that there is a sort of God is the um, everything that the, the law of the universe basically, mm-hmm. um, and so it really just connected with what I actually do believe. So, um, uh, but I don't go to that church, <laughs> and I realized I don't think I'm a churchgoer, or a, um, and it has to do with Sundays and working. Mm-hmm. You know, 40 well, hours a week sense. and yeah. not having ever had that be a habit with family, you know, uh-huh. over, over my childhood. And so um, that's when I go on my walks over up and over the top of College Hill and back is um, Sunday mornings. So that's what I do instead of going sitting in a building. Well, and that could be a spiritual practice also. It sure going, feels, you know, feels that way to yeah. me. We used to go to a church called Agape International Center of Truth. Well, so Agape um, is part of this larger network that okay. Science of Mind is in. I thought so. Yeah, it sounded familiar. There's a um, we went there to see the choir because they had yeah. a world. This was when we lived in L.A. and they have a world-renowned choir and the musicians that play for the choir and a lot of the choir members are like studio musicians and you know ridiculously good and they mm-hmm. go around the world and sing. And yeah, it's that obviously same philosophy. Um, the minister there sucked us right in. He's just a ball of energy. Mm-hmm. He did his study in, I mean, he did religious studies, but mainly um, about Christianity. But 
he always, when he does a sermon, he uses the Bible more like a um, analogy. So mm-hmm. he looks at it more like, you know, he, we were talking, it's talking about more broad strokes and mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of hard to explain, but, uh, it's all, it's, I mean, he's just all about positivity. Um, and saying, you know, I really like that idea that, um, uh, it's about the Christ within is what Agape says. It's about mm-hmm. the Christ within you and God is all of it. Like God is everything mm-hmm. and you can connect to that. Or, you know, the more you connect with it, the the better you're going to feel, basically. Mm-hmm. And it can help, you know, the people that, um, uh, I have a lot of problems with certain religions, especially in this day and age, but mm-hmm. uh, there are so many people that are helped by religion and, mm-hmm. and prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, you know, I know it can be a really good thing if you're, if you're using it as religion and prayer and spirituality mm-hmm. and yeah it tends to they're also finding that going to a church i think it's more for the social activity is mm-hmm. one of those indicators of a longer life absolutely if, you know if you're involved in something like that which i'm not but i can see how it would be right and i i go through phases thinking that exact thing knowing that it is good for you um, it's probably the social aspect of it but it's also i think you know you're just outside of your own self it's about um the idea of service and um, giving rather than, you know, the so much of the rest of our life or day is about, you know, I've got to work to make money to pay my house payment. And um, so it uh, it is a lot. And again, getting to just the real fundamental aspects of what make us up as human. It's I think it's just as natural as needing to go for a walk or needing to sleep or you know, to find that an outlet there that um, for that kind of just innate feeling, um, but when it can be um, dovetailed in with some social, uh, you know, um, remedies um, mm-hmm. and service, then it's just killing two birds with one stone. There, it's good for you and good for somebody else. It, it's really interesting because I can listen to uh, there's certain comedians that are professed atheists and i can listen to the uh, the atheist point of view and kind of go okay i can kind of see that especially if you're making it this funny but um uh, (laughs) um, now i lost my train of thought but um there's a book called sapiens have you ever ever heard of sapiens i possibly it's a it's a big bestseller right now it's it's written about it's about the history of Sapiens, okay. Homo sapiens, yeah, and uh, it um, is it it dispels a lot of dis of beliefs, like you know we come from sapiens, we don't actually come from apes. It's not quite that direct, and it talks about the the literally the history of our um, uh, animals of the Homo sapiens and how they got to where they are. But one of the theories it talks about, which he said, I mean it's just his theory, but he says that. Um, when you get a group of people over 130, it seems to be about 130 people. They need spirit. They need uh, legends. They need you know. Um, at first, it was just tales, basically, mm-hmm. to so that they could all um, have the same story, basically. Mm-hmm. So they need stories and like legends. A cohesion, and, kind of. Yeah, thing. a cohesion, a way for everyone. Because with 130 people or more, especially more. 
you're not going to know everyone anymore. Mm -hmm. So you, it's going to be harder to trust that person, even though he's part of your tribe. But if you all have the same legend, somehow that makes it, you know, that, that works better. Mm -hmm. And that's basically where religion sprung from. Then with reli then religion became controlling at a certain mm -hmm. point. Well, now, hey, we can control people this way. Mm -hmm. This is cool. A lot of law was La based in. A lot of law mm -hmm. is still based on mm -hmm. religion, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But uh, something I'm very, very much against. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, uh, on the other hand, most laws are based on, yeah, morality, which comes from religion originally. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, that's one of the ways we all live together. Right. I, I was very negative about religion for a long time because of just, oh, you know, the really horrible religious history of the Catholic Church and um, the, you know, awful things that happened in the Inquisition. and um, Slaves being buried in the churches in California, that kind of thing. Well, that too, yes. Um, and uh, so it took me a long time to realize that there's that's not all there is to it. There's um, also enormous good that comes out of it and um so i think the problem is has more to do with politics economics um control of uh one group over another mm -hmm. and that that sort of uses something that's good for very bad purpose so um so yeah if you're familiar with agape then um i think that it's just the uh, the other side the, the idea that it can be the maybe the answer for us as a species and how to work together and get over our you know innate um physical uh you know kind of instincts to fight each other mm -hmm. and fight over scarce resources we i can think that the, i think that's a very good point that's actually why uh, partly why i started um talking on air is to, to kind of come to that point to get to where um to put more messages out there that we there is a positive side to the human race and that if you get away from watching the news all the time and go for a walk mm -hmm. without your uh iphone then um things will not be so intense and uh you know if we don't do this um then uh, global warming is going to kill us all and we won't have to worry about it but we have to definitely have to figure out a way to live together. And one of my favorite quotes, I think it was from Conversations with God, is that you're supposed to love your neighbor. You don't have to like him. Yeah. I always like that quote. Yeah. It's, it's a it's very like, simple way to say the sort of the key um, component of, well, Christianity, but a lot of other religions too, is that it's might not be a natural feeling, but we have to do it anyway um, mm -hmm. to to love each other, even when we hate each other. Even right. You know? um, and so. sometimes, if you go into into a situation with that mindset, um, you'll you know you'll find out someone that you had ideas about is completely different mm -hmm. if you go into it with more of a loving mindset and. No, I mean, I think the way to get over our violent tendencies is uh, more uh, cane fighting, probably. Cane fighting, cane yeah. Cane fighting, yes. It's it, therapeutic. It is. Huh? <laughs> we watch that for a reason. <laughs> or video games. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, there is some theories coming out more and more that these violent video games that everyone has, has been bashing since I was a kid, really, since yeah. they first came out, yeah. um, can actually be just the opposite. 
and be a, um, an outlet for especially male, you know, male testosterone exists. It, it oh, cannot, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. Mm-hmm. It's not something you can just, uh, I, that you can just get over with woo-woo, you know. Sure. Don't be so mad. Yeah. But I'm a guy. Yep. I was built to kill There's things. There's a little bit of a physical, That's what it came out for. physical so, you component know. to yes, that. Yeah. There is. So there are, you know, there are elements to these horribly violent games mm-hmm. that uh, perhaps are another way to vent, another way to get out that insane testosterone. Now, oh. I don't know why women play them, but no, well, they have testosterone too. They, they do they, have they, it, but a little lower there. levels. Yeah, and yeah. they do, yeah. Well, I'm sure that yeah. was where, you know, when they had the, um, oh, the, the Coliseum with the animals and the, Killing, you know, mm-hmm. the horrible audience participation probably had a lot to do with that. I think it did have a. It actually, we we're pretty pretty sure. At least a lot of um, scientists are scientists. That's not the word. Sociologists mm-hmm. are pretty certain that the, the that was uh, it was a way to control the crowds. It you know, it was a, a way. Purpose. Yeah, it served a purpose. It was once you yeah, once you stopped having wars and you you stopped needing people to fight so much because the. The Romans had, they owned a lot of the world, a, mm-hmm. a huge amount of the world. So what are we going to do with all these people? They still have these Tennessee. They still want to see this stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that was it. it was, and that's kind of what football is about. Football, football is our gladiator. I mean, yeah. I watch football all the time and think, what am I watching? Why do I watch this? And especially if you, I mean, I, I love the game. And then when you go to a real game, especially a college game, and you see one of these kids get hurt, mm-hmm. it's a whole different world. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, no. Ooh, that, oh, I, ooh, he's really well, hurt. And they don't cut away. And you can they hear it, too, when you can you actually can hear, hear what it yeah. sounds like down there on yeah, the a, turf. It's right. pretty awful. It's a big difference. The first mm-hmm. time I went to a pro game, um, that was what was so shocking, is that every play, it, it's about twice as loud because mm-hmm. they're almost twice as big. Mm-hmm. And just the sound of the helmets coming together every play is it's shocking. Uh, yeah. you, you can't get that on TV. Not even no. a little bit. It's nope, like, you got your wow. layer there, buffer. Uh, yeah, big buffer. Uh-huh. I digress. So <laughs> Oh, pets and living with animals. That that's a nice yeah. that's a nice segue to uh to a wrap up. Where, sure. We're getting yeah, we're getting well. We're well into it. Oh, but first, let me ask you. Um, I have a list of questions that I ask people. Okay. But the thing is, is that if the interview is inter- interesting, we never get to them. So I'll just ask uh, one of them. What? Um, and I'm asking a lot of people this. What length of podcast do you like? If you like, do you think a 30 minute podcast is good? 90 minutes. Well, I have to hours? say that um, the podcasts I did recently listen to. And I think I did because I saw listed on in the paper, you know, some suggestions. Oh. And um, so I did listen on some walks and my walks were about 45 minutes. And so a 45 minute podcast okay. seemed to work well. Okay. Um, uh, I kind of tried to listen at home, but I found that um, if my activity that I was doing while listening ended before the podcast was over, I didn't want to just sit down and finish listening. Mm-hmm. So I think something more, you know, like 45 minutes, an hour is good. Um, uh, yeah, see, I'm more inclined to that. I think the 30-minute podcasts I've listened to were stories. Yeah. So they were 30-minute chapters, and that, that made sense. 
Because, mm-hmm. okay, you can start the next chapter. Mm-hmm. I listen to the most popular podcasts in the world a lot, mainly because um, it, it gives kind of gives me inspiration, but also because the a lot of the guests are just really uh, in, interesting. Yeah. I wonder if that's why it's the most popular podcast in the world. Where, which one is uh, that? Joe Rogan. Okay. See, I don't really mm-hmm. want to recommend it because he's uh, <laughs> Joe Rogan is a comedian. He he's did, more famous than you. <laughs> well, just because it's not for everyone. Oh, it's okay. not. It's very uncensored, oh, okay. and, which is good and bad. But um, he's a very testosterone type of guy. He is uh, also. He tries to pretend that he's not smart, but he's very smart. And one okay. of the smart things about him is he hired good people. So if they come up on something, if they're talking about uh, the brain IQ, he has this great big monitor. Uh, I'm gesturing for those of, that are just listening and <laughs> yeah, because and I'm, I'm looking, not on video I'm, yet. I'm looking at the he monitor. has this massive <laughs> monitor where he'll just bring it up. His his assistant just brings up, the, oh, here it is, doot, doot, doot. And yeah. uh, it's a live video podcast so that you get to immediately get the facts. Uh-huh. So if they're kind of going on about something and they know they're straying way off, mm-hmm. they'll they'll bring up the story. Mm-hmm. Okay, what did the story actually say? And, and that's kind of fun. And, well, yeah, and, but that's sort of like the props I was talking about. Where it's, you, yeah, you need it the is. Props it's a, to I thought to. of that immediately. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It's a prop. Mm-hmm. Um, he had and the oh, the, I started on this because most of his podcasts are two hours. He had a podcast wow. with Kevin Smith, the one that they said, oh, anyone could do this, and <laughs> that's. <laughs> It was over three hours. Wow. And so I and eventually listened to it, but it took me weeks. And, oh, yeah. You that's, know, that's a show. That's a long show time. Plus. But, and yeah. So it's surprising that that is the most popular. Um, mine will be the second most popular because it'll go. be uh, 62 minutes. Okay. Well, that's a goal to shoot for. That is. That's <laughs> something to shoot for. Yeah. So. And do we have time for pets? Absolutely. Later? Okay. Well, that's uh, another thing we share, I know, um, long life of loving animals and living with pets. And um, although I don't know if your family grew up with dogs, I think maybe. Not actually, it's, I had a dog when I was really young. That, uh, when we lived in North Bend, I think I was three, I'm three at the oldest. And this dog came walking out of the woods and it became my dog instantly. Yeah. And within a few months, I can't remember. It was not more than six months. It got hit by a bus. Oh, it was, and it kind of, yeah, it was terrible. And I don't think my mom liked dogs that much. So we, yeah, it was all. It was a cat family for a long time. People and cat people. There seems to be, unless you're my girlfriend and she's an animal people. Yeah, uh, she, yeah, she now has a pet, um, Scrub Jay. I don't know if you know about that. Um. I don't know that about that. I know that um, scrub jays can be fairly personable. Um, so, is this a wild one that just it's a wild scrub jay? Jays are the smartest birds, like in the bird kingdom. Yeah, um, which includes crows and ravens and jays. I knew crows were really yeah. Uh, I didn't realize that jays were related to crows until yeah. we had a pet scrub jay. So we yeah. looked it up. We we put. Uh, oh, I remember. Heidi got this gift of, she got this gift of this big um, peanut thing mm-hmm. to feed animals, like to feed squirrels and birds. Mm-hmm. So she put the thing out and it sat there for six months. And then mm-hmm. suddenly the jays got attracted to it. So they all came in and ate the peanuts in two days. Yeah. Like uh, they took, it was like this huge thing. And the they word just got out. Two day, yeah, mm-hmm. the word got out. Boom. Mm-hmm. And this one bird decided, well, I'm going to go back there and 
see if they'll just give me some more peanuts. Yeah. So we did have some left, and Heidi would just kind of put them out, and then she decided to go out and put the peanut right next to her, and it would run up and grab it, and so on and so forth. And now, at um, if you go to my, uh, oh, perhaps I'll put a link to my uh, Instagram page or my Facebook page, you can see all kinds of videos of oh. slow motion J feeding. Oh, how special that you're really good at um, on Facebook. When my short two-year experience being a Facebook person, you were one of my favorite posters because uh, you always had something cool up, but a lot of nature stuff too. So, oh yeah, that's nice to hear because yeah. I have so few um, FBS. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I just don't have a lot of people that I don't know on Facebook. And I I feel guilty because I've been kind of adding people to Facebook to try and improve my podcast listeners. But yeah, it's, it's, um, I try and make it a fun place. I, uh, it's very tempting to repost all the political stuff because I see so many political things. One of the reasons. Oh, yes. I got to put this up. But yeah, I don't really. I exited largely because of political stuff. A lot of people exited. Um, a lot of people said they were going to, and they're still there. Between that and the identity theft or the loss of, I don't know how many hundred thousands of... Well, it was my third time. Oh, okay. So you're returning. When, when Facebook uh, stole the... When Facebook... then Actually, I don't think I was included because they never contacted me. But I had already had my identity stolen three times from Yahoo!, from, oh boy, two other really big organizations. And I just, it was like, okay, by this time, it's just, it's a moot point. Yeah, and, maybe you know, it's just time to buy the, the uh, protection. Well, you get it free, you see. Yeah. When well, Yahoo, yeah, when Yahoo gets know. everything stolen, and I was supposed to get it free for two years, but they're still giving it to me. I don't know why. Okay. So, and the other terrible thing about identity theft protection is all it is is monitoring service. So it doesn't mean a thing. It means they're going to tell you if someone steals your ID, they're going to say, "Hey, someone stole your ID." Oh, thanks. Yeah, my credit card would have well, told me that. Aren't there like as well. levels where you know, of course, you pay more, and then they they're, they actually do something at the well most because they level? don't do anything. I mean, Yahoo's paying them. Yeah. It's not free. It, it's right. a service that would cost like twenty dollars a month if I was paying for it. So I yeah. figure, well, if at that level it's useless, why would people pay more? <laughs> there are. Now, if you pay thousands of dollars, I've just heard about this because I've always dreamed of this, and and uh, some the it's really a great reason. It's probably the only reason to try and get famous is that there are now uh, actual scrub services that will scrub you from the internet, but ah. they're like twenty grand because oh they're going to go in and find all the incidences of you and get them off. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure that. Um, of uh, that girl who became a queen in another country and she was on some TV show. Oh, oh no, she's a princess. She's now. the princess, yes. Yeah, she probably had that done. Markle. Markle. Markle's it's probably Markle. very difficult to find uh, much about her anymore. Yeah, It'd well, that, see that if you have the money and a reason to get scrubbed away, then I, think I can it would, see yeah. that. I'm, I'm yeah. really on the fence with that because on one side I'm like, that'd be really cool. I always think, yeah, I mean, I could do it. It would take me weeks, mm-hmm. um, but it would kind of be fun to have someone scrub you from the internet. And then the other side of it is, does it really matter anymore? I mean, Probably I, I just not. don't know if it does. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. It, it, Yeah, because that information is out there now for me, 
it's been out there 20 years, you know. I've been around since the, um, I invented the internet, me and Al uh, Gore. That's right. Yeah, we. I think I, think I remember that. You remember that, yeah. right? Uh-huh. <laughs> and we're stopping global warming right now. Okay. Oh, I do have a theory, though. Before I wrap it up, I want to let people know that if you're a uh, Caucasian Oregonian, I think you should go outside whenever it gets nice because that would be a huge benefit for global warming. <laughs> As, you know, the reflection Oh, yes, the, I, I would do a good job at that, <laughs> yeah, too. We're all rather pale this time of year. <laughs> Maybe not this year, though, with our early summer. Uh, so, But that's ending, which is a big relief. We're getting we're getting cool weather and rain back, so I'm I did very hear. relieved. As much as I love the heat, I know that that was too early. And it was yeah, a little even, bit weird. Even People were just walking around yelling about it on the streets when mm-hmm. we went to the grocery store the other day. Mm-hmm. Some guy just... Well, I could tell he that, maybe wasn't totally stable when he was talking about how there's bad a, that was. parallel between he- temperature and uh, um, illegal behavior or abnormal behavior too. So maybe that's what was happening. Oh, that's interesting because we sure noticed that there are a lot more interesting people on the street <laughs> as soon as it gets warm in, in Oregon. It. It's like, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. what? Wow. Well, I think, you know, it's cold the rest of the year, so suddenly they're Undercover. able to come out. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, it's wild. All right. So um, thanks. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. I just um, am so uh, vicariously uh, loving this idea that you're doing, and I'm proud that you are have taken it on, but not terribly surprised because you have, to have taken on a lot over your life that um, not everybody does. Flying, acting, drums, fixing cars. Oh, I do try and do these these crazy things. I would still be fixing cars if I could afford it. <laughs> now it's way more expensive than when I was when I was a, a, a car guy, yeah. car buff. Um, but yeah, thank you. It's. Uh, I hope it goes. I hope uh, I can keep doing it. It, well, it, it was a it was a kind of a last gasp because I had this back pains and couldn't play drums so I needed some kind of creative outlet and so far it's been a lot of fun oh I bet so yeah it's been really nice I really appreciate you being on Uh, this has been uh, were you still talking (laughs) with Joel Albrecht and Trina Lindsay and um, we hope we see here see you I hope you hear from us soon be good to each other Thank you. Yes, you're here.